Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In today's second reading, we hear the beginning of Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Now, it's probably considered by many scholars and theologians that this is Paul's greatest theological work. It contains great theological doctrine about Jesus, the Holy Trinity, the Eucharist, and the Church, as well as an in-depth focus on sacramental theology. More to it, In Paul's letter to the Corinthians, Paul reveals a very personal side to him. And so we begin to understand who this person is, who expresses these deep feelings about who he is and his love for Christ. Now, what I want to do is I want to highlight Paul's letter to the Corinthians today. Why? Well, because our church deems it very important, so important that we are going to read from 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians for the next two months. So we are going to read from these passages from Paul's letters for the next eight weeks in a row. So if the church deems these letters important, so should we. Now, as always, in order to properly understand Scripture, we have to understand the context in which it is set in. And so who is Paul? Who is the author of Corinthians? After Jesus, Paul is the single most influential person in all of Christian history. We all know of Paul's great conversion on the road to Damascus. But who was he before that event? I think it's very important for us to know and understand that. His prior life, I believe, helps and influences and shapes him to what he is today as our apostle. Now, Paul's original name was Saul. He was born in Tarsus, which is a city in the south coast of the present-day Turkey. Now, Paul was a Jew, but he was also a Roman citizen. He was a student of Greek philosophy and literature. He spoke many different languages. And that combination of being a Jew, a Roman citizen, and knowing Greek philosophy— would be extremely important in his evangelization over cross-cultural boundaries. These gifts that Paul now has are the reason why he evangelized two continents, not countries, two continents, Asia and Europe. Now, at a very early age, Paul was discovered to be a very intelligent person. And so his parents sent him to Jerusalem when he was very young. He studied under the rabbi Gamaliel, who was the leading rabbi at that time. A good analogy to help us understand the importance of this, it would be like a newly ordained priest that was sent to Rome for advanced studies under the most influential theologians of our time. Now, under this 
Rabbi Gamaliel, Paul studied things like the law, the prophets, tradition. And as he advanced in age, Paul became a very zealous defender of Judaism. So it begs the question, what would have bothered a very zealous Jew like Paul? Well, Christianity. Christianity was, during Paul's day and age, a new movement. The story of the crucified man, you know, put to death on a cross, who claimed to be the long-awaited Messiah, Paul would find this ridiculous, a very ridiculous idea. More to it, Paul would see Christianity as a threat to Judaism, and he would take it upon himself to exterminate this new movement, Christianity. And he did just that. We find Paul coming onto the scene in Acts of the Apostles. Paul is there at the stoning of the death of St. Stephen. And people who stoned Stephen, it said, laid their cloaks at the foot of Saul. It was as if Paul was presiding over the stoning of St. Stephen. Now, we have to understand Paul. Before his conversion to Christianity, he didn't play around. He took whatever means necessary you know, to exterminate the movement of Christianity. And he took it very seriously. He was confident that what he was doing, exterminating Christianity, was the right thing, was actually the will of God. Furthermore, in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, it's documented that Paul was dragging Christians out of their homes in Jerusalem and taking them into jail in chains. In chapter 11, It said as Paul was breathing murderous threats upon the Christians in Jerusalem. So Paul was a very serious enemy of our church. And Paul was persecuting our church with full religious sanction by the leaders of the Jewish people in Jerusalem. And then one day, Paul is sanctioned by the Jewish authority in Jerusalem to travel to a small town named Damascus. Word has it, there is a small Christian community that is starting up there. Paul is sent to essentially nip it in the bud. This Christian movement, stamp it out and destroy it so that it will no longer be a threat to Judaism. Well, we all know what happens next. As Paul is traveling down that road that leads to Damascus, he's knocked off his horse. And he hears a voice that he never heard before. A voice and a person that he never expected to encounter. The last thing Paul ever expected was to encounter Jesus Christ. And Jesus essentially talks to Paul. In fact, he identifies himself as being the church. That's why he says to Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, in this encounter, Paul is blinded. And it's very interesting is Paul is traveling down the road to Damascus. He's confident where he is going. And he's confident he knows what he's doing is the right thing. He's following his will, but he believes it's the will of God. But it's not. And that's why Jesus is going to teach him that. It's a great lesson for us all. Paul is blinded. The whole world is essentially turned upside down for Paul. The very person, the church that he was persecuting and now is speaking to him. 
Now we go into the second reading. Notice how Paul starts that second reading. Paul tells us from the very beginning how he began to evangelize for the Christian church and for Jesus Christ. Paul writes, Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. At the very beginning of this first letter to the Corinthians, Paul sets the stage for us all. He tells us that essentially his evangelization mission as an apostle was God's initiative and not his own. Paul didn't wake up one day and say, you know, I think I'm going to become a Christian. In fact, not only am I going to become a Christian, but I'm going to be a leader of the church. Paul tells us that at the very beginning of Corinthians, that it was God who willed that Paul was to be called to be an apostle. Take it to a deeper meaning. Paul is teaching us the great spiritual lesson for us all. As I've said many times, your life is not about you. Your life is not about you and your wants and satisfying your demands and your ego and your joys. Instead, your life is about you in relationship to Christ and living out that relationship each and every day of your life to the best of your abilities. More to it, it's about following God's will. And see, there is where we find our deepest identity. And that's why I think Paul intentionally begins 1 Corinthians by saying, Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Well, when we know God's will and we follow it, that's when we know our deepest identity of who we truly are. Then, as I've said before many times, then we become the person that God intended or created us to be. God seized Paul, and that defines who he is. And he tells us just that. God has also seized us from the very moment of our baptism. And through subsequent sacraments, he draws us into his life. Because now our identity is defined by God. And just like Paul, we surrender to God's higher will. And in that act of surrender, we find peace. Just like Paul does. And we find our true identity. What's the temptation? Well, of hearing the voice of our culture and the modern world. I'll give you a great example of this. Look at the philosopher Nietzsche. Nietzsche's philosophy was the will to power. He said, only by following the individual's will can you truly have power in your life. Well, that's not so. Paul is telling us just that in the second reading for today. The power of our identity comes from aligning our will to the will of God and then recognizing who we truly are and what we were created to be by God. One last thing to think about. The word apostles, the Greek word apostolos, means sending. Well, Paul is not sending himself. He's the one who is sent. Paul is basically setting not his own path, but he's walking the path that God has laid out for him. Turn to that first reading from Isaiah. We recognize as baptized in Christ, we are all servants of the Lord. Just like Paul, we are all chosen, called, 
And then we are sent, sent into the world to do God's will. Whether it's being a teacher, an artist, a plumber, a police officer, an accountant. See, in living out God's will, that's where we find our deepest truth in who we are. That's where we find our deepest identity. And we become the person that God intended and created us to be. And in doing so, that's when we have peace. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.